0: One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you can live off royalties forever. And it makes you wonder, is it just a wonder, or is it One Hit
2: Thunder?
3: Hey guys, it's uh, the 15th episode of One Hit Thunder. We've made it 15 delightful episodes, uh, and... It's also the return of Chris. Yay. Here I am. So we wanted to take uh, this episode kind of as like a moving Chris back into the host seat, but also to like kind of go over a few things. Well, I wanted to allow Chris to talk about the, the five episodes that he he didn't host, if he had any uh, opinions that he wanted to say on any of these bands that he wanted to get out there. Uh, So we'll start with the first one I did solo was the Toadies, Possum Kingdom. Any thoughts on the Toadies there, Chris?
0: Um, Let me first start by saying you did a great job of hosting all the episodes. Oh, thank you. You left like some pretty big shoes to fill uh, if I'm stepping back in because you're very knowledgeable and you always keep it interesting. As far as the Toadies go, I'm, I'm not, not a fan of the toadies. I don't know. It's, it's strange because it seems like so many people that, that I know that when I told them, or they found out about this podcast brought up the toadies and like, I'm like, I don't know, just something about the southernness of them or something really <laughs> doesn't, I remember always seeing that CD and like the Columbia house things or whatever, when I was figuring out which ones I would pick, if I would do that, I never actually did it, but the toadies were never on that list. Uh, (laughs) not, Not a big fan of that guy's voice. I know they're probably a great band and it was interesting hearing about their background and how, I think you said that guy came from like a, strange religious background like really like um over the top uh, yeah it was
3: and- it, the whole album's like almost a concept album of him working out his understanding of like the extreme christianity he was raised in it's a weird it's a weird weird album
0: right well i mean that's interesting but it just the the their sound wasn't my thing
3: that's yeah my- all right, so then the next one was actually the the only band that I had never heard of of the, the episodes that I'd done, uh the Boomtown Rats. I don't like Mondays.
0: Yeah, that was a very interesting episode, and your guest was very knowledgeable on the band as well. I I wasn't familiar with that song either. Um, but the story behind it about it being I, I was a little unsure, was it a kid that went in to school?
3: she was so she was a 16 year old who shot up in elementary school
0: okay and then her reason for doing that was that she she said she didn't like mondays um so it was definitely pretty interesting yeah once once again i didn't know the song i think the song's okay now now when i when i listen to it but i just wasn't i don't have the uh nostalgia aspect of that song for some reason it 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 missed my ears but that was a great episode
3: yeah, I was. I. That's probably the first one. Well, no, Super Drag was the big one for me where I had never heard the song, and then you guys did the Super Drag one. I'm like, okay, this band rules. Um, but Boondown Rats is another one that I kind you of.
0: No, sucked out?
3: No, remember? Yeah. You guys both were giving me shit about it. Wow. Um, that's crazy. So then there was the Devo Whippet episode.
0: Yeah, I love Devo. was so it, good. <laughs> and it was awesome. You had uh, Matt from Weedus on. He's a great dude. And it was coming from a musical background just to appreciate Devo and the eccentric artsy. uh, Just, you know, it is really interesting that a band like that could achieve such a mainstream success playing the type of music that they play. Um, But the eighties were a perfect time for that. I think, especially with a song like whip it. I mean, that song, that song's incredible. That band's incredible. Just their whole, their entire their entire thing. Like I went and watched, I think you guys talked about it on the episode, but watched their Saturday Saturday night live performance. It's It's so
3: weird. It's so it's so so, yeah. It's I mean you talk about stuff being punk rock and like Devo is not a band that's often in that conversation, but they are some of the most punk rock motherfuckers of that decade for
0: sure. I I can't remember if you guys talked about it on the episode, but did (laughs) I could be really wrong about this but I'm pretty sure that Mark Mothersbaugh was at Kent State at the Kent State shooting and I believe that he was like right there like next to the people that got shot or something Jesus. I I could be way off on that but I th- I'm, I'm I
3: think sure. that's probably true I know we didn't talk about that on the episode but I think I've heard that now that you've brought that up. I feel like I did hear that somewhere. I don't
0: know if it was him or maybe a different guy from Devo, but I kind of feel like that's something that when I, even before we did this podcast, I was for one reason or another, I was reading about Devo and finding, you know, found out that their name came from devolution and all all these things about, uh, you know, how they, they saw society crumbling, um, how appropriate. And, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that was one of the things I read about it. And I can't imagine if you were there to experience that, that, yeah, that would, uh, be a, that, that, a lot, that would be the source of a long chain of events of artistic expression that became Devo.
3: So, yeah. But on the more positive thing, I kind of already know your opinion of this one from uh, a deleted thing from a previous episode, but (laughs) SR 71 right now. Um,
0: I, it, the song i i mean the song is a overproduced radio whatever like it it sounds like i've i've seen i've seen this uh this meme about ska music but but basically the song is what a kid hears in his head when he gets extra mozzarella sticks is <laughs> is, is what it is and it's like that song to me would be like what you would play at Guantanamo Bay to torture people or something. Like <laughs> It's just, it's just so bad. It's just such a bad song. Like hearing you guys talk about how much you like that song. Just, it just hurt my heart because I'm like, there, <laughs> there is no, this is the most emotionless. Like it's like as if a co- they they programmed a computer and said, write a pop, punk song and then the computer went okay here you go yeah, It's here's just, a fake plastic submarine yeah like <laughs> but... it, it's just i don't know man I, it's music's it's all opinion whatever but like I, I just songs with no emotion behind them and you can you know pop punk music can have emotion behind it of course any type of music can have but like that just feels so like sterile to me that song and it's probably why even back when it came out like yeah part of my problem was like i felt like okay where'd this band come from i've never heard of them but, but i'm sure there's lots of music i haven't heard of but even back then i just felt like i could see right through that song in that <laughs> band like and you know uh, i guess i don't mean disrespect but i also don't care <laughs> i don't care what sr71 thinks
3: well and then uh new friends of the podcast uh absolutely story of a girl by nine days uh yeah
0: that's that's pretty cool that they uh reached out they listened to the episode and reached out i thought that was really cool that caught Um, me
3: off guard i i was like oh because i always tag everybody i tagged (laughs) i tagged tom cochran in the episode we did like like, I'm just like, whatever, maybe they'll retweet it. But very rarely do I actually anticipate that they'll write to us. And that that caught me off guard.
0: Uh, I think Nine Days is pretty cool. Like, I had that album that, you know, I liked that song. I couldn't help but like that song. I wasn't even, you know, I, at that point, I, do you remember what year that was? That, that, that was 2000.
3: It of- came right out of the kick of the 2000s.
0: Okay, so by then, so, so I would say that uh, major props to nine days because by 2000, I, I personally was so like, I was in college and I was so like, into like, whatever I liked, whether indie rock and punk rock and whatever, and very, um, I don't know, probably jaded about pop music. And I still bought that album and there was, Oh, I wish I should have looked. I didn't know we were going to be talking about this. I should have looked at what the other song on that album that I really liked was. Um, but yeah, I thought they were a decent pop band. I kept, I, I, I did notice that you guys, during your conversation, were referring to them as like a pop punk band. But I, yeah, I, I, and I never I, thought I, of them as that. I've thought of them as like mainstream pop rock pop rock band maybe yeah i there's no when i tweeted when i tweeted
3: at them (laughs) when when he tweeted that he was gonna listen to it i said i hope you're not offended that for some reason we keep referring to you as pop punk (laughs)
2: Um, because i was
3: like why are we we keep bringing back the pop punk i think it was because we were also talking about the pop punk documentary and it just kept like but i meant power pop throughout most of that
0: discussion i can can see that but they they would have they they were kind of, like, a better version of, like, the other bands of that era that were all, like, I don't know. Like, this is probably well, – he... it's probably an insult to them, but, like, I think of, like, bands like Delamitri and which you could very <laughs> easily do an episode on here, or, like, the Rembrandts. Although, I guess they were more of, like, a theme song band or whatever, well, but – but let me look
3: at let me look at what, so this is exactly what Nine Days said to us, and uh, they mention a few bands that I think are kind of what you're looking for. They said, it was a great conversation. We enjoyed listening to it. As far as the band is concerned, you got most of the information right. We didn't start as a heavy metal band, but Brian and I were guitarists in a band before Nine Days that was way more rock oriented. With the exception of our drummer, Vincent, who left the band in 2016, we've had the original lineup since 1995, and we're still making music and playing shows occasionally and working on a new record as we speak. Thank you for talking about us. Kyle's documentary sounds super interesting, and it also features past guest uh, Steve of Punchline in that documentary. Um, I will say that we were all about 27, 28 years old in the summer that Story of a Girl blew up in the 2000s, and we think that we were the last of a musical generation right before the big pop punk bands came out. So if you look at 2002, 2003, that was really the end of the bigger success band's that were similar to us, like SR-71, Vertical Horizon, Stroke Nine, American Hi-Fi, and yeah. to a certain extent, Third Eye Blind.
0: Right. Okay, yeah, Third Eye Blind's a good example of, like, that band's not punk at all, but like they're yeah. just, you know, catchy rock, uh, soft rock, I guess. Um
3: yeah. And I think that it's one of those things where it's like, the, I think that Third Eye Blind and Story of a Girl are like songs that aren't pop punk songs, but are definitely songs that I feel like pop punk fans like yeah. in like a weird way. Like I've heard so many pop punk bands cover Story of a Girl or like graduate by Third Eye Blind. that's it's like, okay, well, clearly they they came out at the right time to make an influence on the people who would later form bands a couple of years later. Uh, and then the last one, uh, which I really was hoping you would be the host on because you know this band way more intimately than i do but uh we recorded an episode on squeeze
0: right and i haven't heard that one yet but yeah i think squeeze is great i of course the, i mean is the episode about tempted yes okay i i would assume but like they have some like really awesome songs like up the junction and pulling muscles from the shell and uh you know i kind of uh, Steve likes squeeze a lot. I think he d- discovered them years back and would play them in the van. And then, uh, but I, ha- you know, I had actually known that up the junction song from, cause Goldfinger covered it when I was like a teenager and I had, the, <laughs> and I had the seven inch, it was like on the B side of a seven inch. And at the time I didn't even know it was a cover song, but then I found out it was squeeze. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I just basically know some more Squeeze songs. Uh, <laughs> I think they're a really cool band. They sound ahead of their time. They sound like a band that, if they came out right now, they would be popular and a, a very cool band. <laughs> you know, so
3: um, well. And that was the the funny thing for us when we were talking about, it, and we addressed it up front. It's not to the same extent as a Rick Springfield, but like Squeeze is technically not a one-hit wonder um they had three songs that were on the top the billboard top 100 and that tempt it was the lowest charting of those three songs. really
0: what were the other yeah. two
3: uh hourglass and uh it, i can't remember the the numbers but it's a phone number it's like eight oh. six four like it's just like seven random numbers okay. but uh Yeah. And that's what we were talking about. We're like, you know, they're technically not a one hit wonder, but their lowest charting hit is really the only one that people still remember in the mainstream. So I guess it counts.
0: Question mark. Right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply.
1: Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snider and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and -and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris makes a podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts and new episodes come out every Monday.
3: But yeah, so, so there was those, that's, that's what has happened. I want to talk about a few bands on our Facebook page and uh, even when people are trying to pick bands to cover for one hit thunder that have come up that I, I would like to address with you as um do you think that we should cover any of these bands for one hit thunder? Okay. <laughs> so, I'll
0: hear them. I'll hear them. so
3: the first one that was submitted was the band Fuel. Um
0: well i uh,
3: I would say uh, they had two or three.
0: Well, the thing is, the only song that I know the name of from them is Shimmer yeah um I, li- I actually like that. That's like another one of those songs that's like in that era of uh nine days and stuff like that i think I think fuel was a little more guitar heavy uh, but uh, yeah, but it and I don't even know if Sh- Shimmer, I guess was a hit. I guess Shimmer was a
3: hit, and I think it's their of their hits. I think it's their best song, Uh-huh. but they had the other two. There was Hemorrhage, uh, which okay. was that Leave Love Bleeding in my hands, in my hands again.
0: Okay, I think and uh, Bad Day. Uh, that one sounds familiar. I definitely know the yeah. other one. So I don't know, probably not. And and they they had like it seems like they had modern rock hits, but as far as being like
3: like a crossover band
0: yeah I don't know I I don't know um, so the
3: other so the other one in a similar vein that someone submitted was the wallflowers
0: well they had didn't they have two songs that were very similar to each other and they are both hits wasn't there one yeah. one headlight and then sixth Avenue or Fifth Avenue heartache or whatever it was called yeah
3: sixth Avenue heartache and then they also minor hits but I still always remembered. Uh, there was The Difference. The only oh, difference. Yeah. Dude, yeah.
0: they're not a one-hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, like, they have multiple hits, so no. No on them. Fuel, Fuel's <laughs> questionable. Probably a no on them, too, but, but Wallflower's no. no. So
3: here's the one that I remember when someone submitted this to the group. You texted me within seconds. Fiona Apple.
0: No, no. And by <laughs> the way, her new album came out yesterday, and it is wild, and it is awesome. <laughs> um, and if you you should check it out, uh, it's called um something about bolt, bolt cutters or something yeah. about uh yeah something about bolt cutters. It's great though. <laughs> but Fiona Apple, what did the song they submit was it criminal?
3: Yeah, but I was like, but fast criminal. as you
0: can, paper bag, like fast as you can was a big song too. Um
3: Shadow Boxer.
0: Shadow Boxer. Yeah, yeah. Sl- dude. Sleep to Dream. Yeah, no, she is not a one-hit wonder.
3: And my technically my favorite Fiona Apple song is I think that she still holds the record for me as like one of the best covers of a Beatles song because I love her oh, version of yeah. Across the Universe.
0: It's better than the Beatles version. I agree.
3: I it's and like that's one of my favorite Beatles songs, but I think that she yeah. did a much better
0: take of it. Yeah. I mean they wrote the song. I'm not saying that she's better than the Beatles, but I'm saying her her rendition of it is my preferred rendition of it. It is awesome. Uh, I love her song, Never Is A Promise. Uh, It's just a really sad piano ballad that's just, I don't know, very beautiful song.
3: Yeah, and go check out her new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters.
0: Fetch the Bolt Cutters, that's what it is. Uh, It just came out yesterday, so I, I, you know, but it is like, I saw someone compare it to like, Brian Wilson, I think someone compared it to just in, in it's the wild songwriting and musicianship of it it, and the creativity of it is just like, it's really uh, appropriate for right now. You know, I I know we're probably trying to keep this podcast pretty evergreen, but we, we are in quarantine during coronavirus, So like for that album to come out right now, once you start listening to it, you'll be like, Oh, okay. This, this is perfect.
3: Yeah. No, 100%. Uh so this is one that I I would agree is debatable if I wasn't such a music nerd about this stuff, but the Sugar Hill Gang. I would say yes they are. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think they might be they technically have two hits, like everyone knows them for Rapper's Delight. Right. Um but people forget that they also did Apache, uh also known as the Carlton dance song.
0: Oh, 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 really?
3: Yeah, and I feel like that's technically the bigger song of the two. Like rappers, the lights important, but Apache is the one that you know.
0: Okay, all right. <laughs> well, I, I guess I didn't realize that was that was them. Uh so yeah, they're not a one hit wonder. Two hits. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. So here's one that uh maybe it's just
3: because I was you know youth group kid, but uh, I I sit, put my foot down when someone submitted Pod as a one hit wonder.
0: So they had know. they had uh So Alive. Yeah. Is that the one that they that was submitted?
3: That was uh Alive was the one that was submitted, which I don't even think was their highest charting because Youth of the Nation was like Oh right yeah, that.
0: Youth of the Nation. <laughs> uh yeah, okay. But yeah. then
3: like boom, I thought boom was everywhere. I remember uh, that one. Boom, here comes the boom. Ready or oh, not. Oh, that's here them? Comes the Yeah, that's them okay. as well. All right. All right. I remember Southtown and Rock the Party, but I think that, that was one. Southtown, when...
0: yeah. Okay, man. <laughs> like... they, man, POD brought the hits. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> realize that. Okay, but Alive would be the first one I'd think of. Yeah. But it's funny because the Youth of a Nation, I don't know why we did this, but like 2006 or seven our friend Jonathan London uh, made a punchline Christmas. We made a Christmas music video. We needed for our record label at the time, they wanted all the bands to do like a Christmas greeting. So like we made we made this song, uh, it was like a, a Christmas rap. And <laughs> for some reason we, at the end of it, just break into that youth of a nation song. <laughs> I don't know why. And then, Jonathan London made the music video for it for us because we were in L.A. So we went, like, by the Hollywood sign and stuff. And, like, I don't know. It was... Christmas. Silly but still to this day people like will post that on my Facebook wall during the holidays and stuff but yeah we uh, we sing a POD song at the end.
3: One of the ones from the 90s that someone submitted that again was like I can never remember if the songs that I love so much were ever actually hits but better than Ezra.
0: I only know well good. Good is the song. They had I know they had a like cult following yeah Uh, and i'm
3: wondering if that's what it was because i always remember like good is yes that is their hit but i always remembered uh desperately waiting when i was like i remember running through the wet grass falling a step behind
0: oh yeah i I, but that sounds familiar but that sounds familiar but that also the way you're singing that sounds like tracy chapman fast car so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but that does (laughs) sound familiar to me
3: they were the Tracy Chapman of grunge. Was yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I, I I would say that, that despite a cult following, they have, they are a one hit wonder. I would say good is their, is their one hit. So I would allow All right. that one.
3: Well, okay. If someone suggests that one, I'll make sure to let it slide. This is the only eighties one that, or no, there's two eighties ones that I've had to say, nay, they were not one hit wonders. And the one was Roxette.
0: Roxette must've been love. Yeah. Right? And Roxette also saying Joyride.
3: I think so they also saying listen to your heart
0: oh yeah listen to your. like heart.
3: I was like Roxette had hits for dates yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: okay yeah no Roxette was a hit maker yeah
3: now now this one I, I'd be okay with us doing an episode on because even if he's he might technically be a two hit wonder but I think he doesn't get enough credit with someone submitted Joe Jackson
0: Joe Jackson I mean the no I he's not a one because Yeah. What are you thinking of? He, are you real, is he really, or is she really going out with him? Is that the song, but Stepping out, stepping out to hit. I love stepping out. That's the jam. He's
3: a, he's a two hit wonder. And also,
0: also I'm the man. You know I'm
3: the man. I know I'm the man. It's the second album too.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's that's a good song. They use it in in freaks and geeks. They're, they're listening to it. Uh, when, uh, Oh, the car accident. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) because he
3: won't he wants to listen to the baseline. He's like, "Oh, this
0: baseline is yeah, so good." <laughs> Cuz they're talking shit. They're so they're acting like new wave is bad or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Dude, Joe Jackson, if you haven't listened to some Joe Jackson, go pick up like his first two or three albums. Cuz they're great. all great. Yeah, he's great. Look Sharp, Look Sharp's a great record. So, not the biggest fan of this band, but definitely had more than one hit. Someone submitted 303.
0: The, of course I know who the band is, but I I couldn't have I just know they were like on Warp Tour and stuff, but I, I couldn't tell you a song by them. I'd say they're, a, yeah. I'd say they're a no-hit wonder, <laughs> so they don't yeah, they, qualify either.
3: They were, they were in there with LMAFO. Well, they, well, they had a everything. hit. Well, they had a hit. Yeah,
0: that song. I mean, say what you will about LMFAO, That song, that was like undeniable party song. I think it was called party song, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: I was going to say, technically it was the two because they had the party rock anthem and they had the I'm um, sexy and I know it songs. Both were like pretty inescapable party jams for a really long time. Yeah. And this is the last one that I think is super, I, I would say not even remotely debatable was the prodigy.
0: Well, there was Firestarter. was like, is that the one that was submitted?
3: Yeah, they submitted Firestarter, but I was like, what about
0: Breathe? <laughs> uh, Breathe was everywhere. About to smack my bitch up. Yeah. Uh, one of the
3: best videos. Yeah. One of the most creative videos, I'll say. I'll,
0: ne- I'll never forget. Uh, it's an awesome video, man. It's art- It's very artistic, but I'll never forget that when I saw that video, it was like the first time that uh, I think I had MTV on it like, it was like 11 o'clock or something. And Kurt Loder came on and talked about the video and how they were going to show the video <laughs> because one reason or another, we're going to show this video. Uh, I forget like, because they thought it was an important video to show or something like that. But then, you know, there were naked girls in it and stuff. And there were like, I don't know. There was like lots of drugs in it. And there were lots, you know, lots of like, they, they showed that was the first time I ever saw something on like basic cable where I was like, what?
3: Yeah. uh... The first time I saw it was I had to download it. Cause it wasn't, I, I was like, I kept hearing about it and I was in high school. So it was well after the song had come out and I had heard all these stories of this, of this music video. And I was in a film class and we were about to shoot music videos and we were told like, you know, dig into like some of the more artistic videos that you can find. And I was like, I need to see this smack my bitch up, video. Yeah, And like it was, it is a, it is an insane music video and a very creative music video. Um, and then the last two that I have on here, I just, I, I'm sure in some weird fucked up, if you look at like crossover hits, then technically but uh, Weezer and Everclear.
0: Oh my god, give me a break! Well, give me a break. Give me a break on Weezer first of all. Like, like that's just that's just insanity uh, to suggest. <laughs> the Weezer has had a career of like thirty years with like big songs every. I, I, that's that's just ludicrous. Everclear, um, not a fan of Everclear, but they definitely had Santa Monica, and then what's that uh, father of mine father
3: of mine i will buy you a new life pretty pretty high up there everything to everyone yeah yeah when i said that we were doing nine days the hint that i posted was uh four years strong covered this song and so many people were like oh everclear i was like what (laughs) like
0: four years strong one of those bands that just covers every band
3: uh they put out an album of 90s covers it was like a 11 track 90s covers album and not only did they cover everclear but they covered a b-side by everclear so it's like why would you think that we would not even a one of my friends dylan messaged me he's like what are these people talking about like a no because everclear have more than one hit b the song that four years strong covered wasn't a hit by everclear yeah. so it's like a double no yeah but uh so that's pretty much all I had planned for this before we you know, next week we'll be right back into talking about bands that brought the one hit thunder, uh, with Chris steering the car again. But uh Chris, thank you for giving me the opportunity to to host a few of these while you were handling some punchline stuff and you know, getting your life situated with all the lockdown and quarantine stuff. But uh it's good to have you back.
0: Yeah, man, glad to be back. Thanks for uh thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Chris Ophalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah. Maybe I'm wrong, off Punchline's album, Just Say Yes is playing underneath me right now. Visit punchlion.com for updates as well as news, merch, and upcoming tour dates. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps. Stay safe out there, love each other, and soon we'll be able to hug you all. But until then, tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder.
1: I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth Our band is called Milky Chance We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw
0: I sing and write songs with my band The Revivalists
2: Trust me, these conversations go some wild places So subscribe to The Show on the Road on Osiris And we'll see you soon Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast Part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network